You are listening to the Boss Level Podcast. My guest today is Kati Levoranta. Kati is currently a partner and executive vice president at P2X Solutions. Previously, she was the CEO of Rovio and she has a background in law. She's also on the board of Finavia, an airport operator company, Yuri Partners, a private equity company, and OP, a large banking group. We talk about what power to X means and how building plants differs from digital services. We talk about contracting, learning, and how to keep yourself in good working order. Enjoy the episode. My friends at Reactor have founded a new company called Minna Learn. It's the same people who are behind the very popular Elements of AI course that teaches the basics of artificial intelligence. They combine online self-study with in-person learning groups to maximize employee training engagement. They've built a new course on Agile, which sums up Reactor's 20 years of Agile experience into one easy-to-grasp course. The authors of this course are Agile coaches with years of experience in consulting organizations in both public and private sectors, spanning multiple domains from education to medicine. The course features real-life examples and best practices gathered from this experience. I personally know most of the people who run this course, and I can tell you, they know their shit. They've created a special, exclusive learning group for boss-level listeners. I might join some of the sessions too. Sign up today at minnalearn.com slash bosslevel to get a 25% discount and to join the exclusive group with other boss level listeners. That's minnalearn.com slash bosslevel. You can find the link also in the show notes. Welcome to the podcast, Kati. Hey, thank you. And we're going to start off with a very basic but big question. So what does power to X mean? Well, power to X means actually what it stands for. It means converting power to something else, which is X. It could be green hydrogen. It could be e-methane, methanol or so. So there are different products that can come out of that. And, and why does that matter? What, what, what does that help us with? For example, green hydrogen, what, what we in our Power to X Solutions OY is, is doing or producing is actually helping us to achieve our pretty ambitious climate targets that we've set as a country in Finland and as the EU as well. Can you describe one example of like if, if you produce hydrogen, then if someone doesn't know, like me, doesn't know what hydrogen is used for, what can it be used for? <laughs> Well, green hydrogen can be used, for example, for mobility sector. So we're talking about cars, yeah. heavy-duty trucks especially. Also, different type of boats or ships can be using that. So there is a pretty big impact potential for green hydrogen to reduce the emissions that we get from traffic overall. But there are all already industries that use actually hydrogen for their processes. So uh, changing or substituting the, the current fossil hydrogen or hydrogen made of fossils to green hydrogen will reduce the emissions as well. And I guess the idea is based on the fact that the, that the power that you use to generate the X uh, is renewable. Sus yes, yeah. exactly. Renewable, sustainable power. For example, wind power or solar power. 
And your company, uh, P2X Solutions, uh, recently actually bought land and you're beginning to build your own production plant. So what specifically will that plant do? It will produce green hydrogen. Okay, yes. And uh, also potentially uh, synthetic e-methane, which means that, you know, you use the hydrogen as a base and then you capture CO2 and combine those and you get e-methane. Let's talk a little about like building plants and and operating companies that build plants. So since building plants doesn't really happen in a matter of weeks, you probably have to plan quite far ahead. So what's the planning horizon at the company? That's a very good question because these infra projects are quite long-term projects. And that's why, you know, we are already in a kind of a hurry to get these plants operating. Uh, We started planning this in fall 2020. So it's about four years that it takes to set up the or get the plant actually operative. But of course, I mean, now this is the first plan. When we go to the next plan, we may be able to utilize certain things already. So it might be a little bit of a shorter time. Our goal is to have a new production plan every single year after 24. So the capacity that we aim in in next, uh, let's say, nine years uh, is about 1,000 megawatts. So there, there is some things to do. What kind of investments does it require to, to build such a plant? This plant, Harjavalta, is about 75 million uh, capex. Yeah. So it is quite extensive and capital intensive business, obviously. <laughs> so the funding needs to come along. <laughs> where, where do you get the funding for, for projects like this? Well, for the first project, Harjavalta, we got actually a very nice grant from uh, our ministry, about 26 yep. million. We got a, wow. a loan from uh, Climate Fund, 10 million, and then we raised the money from the market rest of it. So it's a combination of a grant and then obviously private money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you said, you have to plan for quite a long time ahead and you probably have several options running at the t- same time because you don't necessarily know what which of these will realize and which of them you're going to have to drop at some point. So do you talk about like th- the fact that you might fail or that some of these are not going to succeed? And how do you prepare for that? I mean, in a startup world, we are a startup still, although we are talking about big money for yeah. for a size of a company of of uh, ourselves but uh but of course i mean you may think every once in a while that oh, okay if this doesn't fly what happens then but but then again we have a kind of like a guiding principle that you know if that happens then we worry about that at that moment let's not worry <laughs> worry about it right now because you know now we concentrate on on executing and and doing things <laughs> and not worrying about the failure I think one really interesting aspect about this is, is, if I understand correctly, your previous roles, you've mostly worked with digital products or services. And now you're, you're working on something that's like literally concrete. In a digital service or, or digital product, changing the direction, it could be slow at times, but it's still very different from building plants. How, how do you think about this? Well, that's an interesting question because I was just yesterday discussing with uh, one of my friends about this, uh, what I've been selling, so to speak. And uh, I started with basically milk. I worked for Valio. (laughs) And then, you know, I went more towards the digital uh, products and now I'm in this business. And I have to say that milk was the easiest to understand. (laughs) It was very, very concrete. But at the end of the day, obviously, this is very concrete as well. But there is, you know, tons of software involved in this business as well. So so we're, we're getting to those ones we get the you know the basics right how does the uh, the fact that you're in this concrete business how does that change the way that you like in your role as an executive operate the company 
First of all, I mean, this requires patience in a, in a different manner than the digital world where things happen, you know, quite fast and you can get your product in the market like overnight, basically yeah. globally. So this is kind of a different thing. And then I think the bigger difference is the fact that you are to some extent dependent on at, at the beginning of the grants. So the political environment and And the sentiment and wherever direction we want to drive the country also impacts you. So you need to understand how to work with those basics as well or that framework. So let's talk specifically about your role in your current company, P2X Solutions. What, what do you do there? That, that's an interesting one because uh, we basically, we're still a small company. I mean, we have less than 10 people working in the company. Yeah. So we do whatever needs to be done at yeah. any given moment based on a little bit what is your background and what is your maybe the area that you know the best. And my background yeah. is with legal and business. So I'm more looking at our clients and partners and potential customers. And uh, then, of course, there's been a lot of legal work as well. So I've been helping with that. But we're very kind of like uh, there is no hierarchy whatsoever in our company. So we do whatever needs to be done. <laughs> how do you feel about that since your previous role was the CEO of, of Rovio? So uh, how do you feel about working in this this matter now? I love it. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's um, it, it's a, it's very much obviously about the team as well, that everybody has the similar mindset. So yeah. we're not fixed with our roles or our titles or anything like that. It's um, trying to achieve the the vision that we have and do whatever needs to be done for that. Which parts of your work do you love and which parts would you rather skip? And you don't need to uh, think about this in the context of your current company, but in general, are the things that you've learned to love about the, the things that you do or the things that you like, I don't like doing this in my work? Well, I basically love doing things with people. That's very much uh, kind of like natural for me. But uh, but then again, uh, routines are such that kind of like turns me off very quickly. So if they're starts to be too many days, kind of like a similar work, morning to evening. Uh, it just doesn't get me going. So having a lot of variety in the in the tasks and, of course, challenges. I mean, a little bit, you know, this competition mindset is also good in, in every every single thing that you do because then you set your bar higher as well. Yeah, yeah. and you actually, you have a background in, in law. So what kind of advantages... Or disadvantages do you uh, do you think that being a lawyer gives you in your current role? I think that there are there are there are bad things because you might be very focused on something nitty gritty because that's your duty as a lawyer. You are kind of like managing risks and you're trying to mitigate the risks and you always think about the worst case scenario, and that may sometimes limit your thinking as yeah. well in a in a bigger picture. But I I think that I have been learning to get out of that pretty you know, pretty well. Some people say that, well, we would love to see a bit of a lawyer in you as well. <laughs> so it might be, you know, is it an advantage or a disadvantage? I, I don't know. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, you're right about like lawyers being focused on, on risks and risk mitigation and so on. But but I guess uh, you would probably agree with me that, that the, the, the good lawyers are actually really good at understanding the risk. And, and also like, I mean, not just the risk, but the reward that there, there needs to be a good balance and, and they're actually they can help you figure out. What is a good balance in in this situation? Absolutely, and uh, I always think that there there are no when when you're looking at a contract, it's not like legal terms and business terms. It's a combination, as you said, you exactly. know, balance between risk and a reward. 
And being a lawyer could potentially have a lot of benefits. I've been thinking about this as I feel that like in my previous roles, I've been dealing with so many contracts and contracting, whether you like it or not, is a huge part of many businesses. And, and having a good understanding of your company's contracts is essential in being effective in any executive role. There are so many pitfalls that you might be able to avoid if you have a little bit of a legal understanding and you've seen how things usually go and and find that you know the right way in between. But uh, but then again, like I said, uh, it's sometimes it's a little bit of a boring job to go through the the agreements and you know try to be very patient and and look every single detail. But it has paid off several times, so I still try to do that. Yeah, and, and I guess there are different ways of reading contracts. I mean, you can, you can you can read them from the perspective of you trying to understand the the content and and trying to understand what are the implications of that content. But then, like, there's the other way of reading it, where you're like just really detail oriented and trying to figure out like whether all the terms are correct and whether everything like like that there are no loopholes and so on. And, and so there are very different ways of reading legal text. And I would guess that that your role has changed in that, that you, you're more focused on reading the content of the contracts and not that much on the on the details anymore. Yeah, and understanding the you know really the big things that matter. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is the point that you, you get the you know the trees from the forest. Yeah. And make sure that those are right. And and usually if you get 70% right, you're pretty well off as long as those 30% does not include any of the key things. Let's talk about your board work. Uh, you're on the board of Finavia, an airport operator company. Juuri Partners, a private equity company, and OP, a large bank. Uh, what do you like about board work and what bugs you about it? Well, board work itself is, uh, or what what pleases me a lot is the fact that you can actually help the operational management and, and you can try to kind of like, obviously through challenging or uh, giving hints and asking questions to uh, widen their thinking of certain things. And, you know, when you see that, okay, some of that stuff actually twists their thinking or brings something additional to their thinking, that, of course, feels really good. Because then I think that you are, you have been fulfilling your your duty as well as a board member. You bring value. Doing things together is, is what, what makes me um, happy about the board work or what I really, really like. And the fact that you see different industries and uh, you can kind of like... Um, pick certain things from some other environment and bring it to other environment, which might be a little bit of an out-of-box thinking in that environment. But uh, but this way also kind of like bring new new ideas, new things um, into into their daily work. Because sometimes I know myself being a CEO, you're very focused in, in your industry and what's happening there. And sometimes, you know, you lose the bigger picture of... Uh, outside world. So I, I think that's probably something that we as a, as a board member should be should be trying to bring into into board work. But then, of course, I mean, there, there are quite a lot of materials to be read before the meetings. So you need to take the time really to get through them and understand where we are now and what are the what, what are the, uh, you know, the things that we should be 
covering and and be be prepared. I think that's that's of course something that sometimes you you would survive uh, with a little less materials and slides, but but it's part of it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually happy to hear you uh, start start your answer with you saying that you have an impact on the operations of the company and the operative management of the company because I think that's also a complaint that you often hear uh, that people say that like the board is so distant from the from the actual work or from the actual management of the company that they're that board members also feel that I don't have an impact mm-hmm. there's like nothing that I do matters <laughs> in, yeah. in the board and then the focus becomes just compliance making making sure you you don't mess up i think it comes to a point as well where there needs to be a good trust between the board and the management so that you can openly really discuss the hard points and the difficult matters so that there is a is a dialogue ongoing and it's not that just that you you see you know every every quarter or or once a month and then we discuss nice things basically what qualities or traits or skills are useful in board work and what do you think makes you a good board member i guess the uh the fact that you are interested in truly interested in different businesses and also you have a solution oriented mindset and and as i said when when there are usually difficult things as well the uh approach is such that you try to find a solution as outcome for these things and think you know ahead a little bit longer than only the next day or even the this year but what does it mean in a longer perspective and how can we kind of like make decisions which which are good for for a longer period of time as well so i i i believe very strongly that uh those are the things that i hope that i bring at least in the in the boards as well you've gone from lawyer to entertainment company ceo to executive in a power to x company What's the common thread across all these? Is there a common thread across all these? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My answer was supposed to be that I I'm not sure that there is a common thread there, but <laughs> but I think one of the things is that I've always liked to learn new things and uh find exciting things to do. It doesn't matter if it's from the uh, you know, career perspective which is the word by the way that I don't like at all upwards or sideways or or even downwards as long as it gives you something additional again yeah is there you said you, that you don't like the word career how do you approach it the whole concept of you doing different works at different <laughs> intervals <laughs> in your life yeah i guess the career translates in finnish in a not a nice way because it it's it's actually kind of like a very narrow and uh, direct path forward mm. and it it if if you think about the word it it means basically that you have to go uh, directly forward and always one step further and 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 so on i see the whole my work life such that uh, there's been these side steps uh, i've been doing completely something different every once in a while and uh, and you know for me it's it's more about as i said challenging tasks where you can learn new things do you do any kind of planning uh in in terms of like what are the kinds of things that you will want to do in 10 years or or five years or 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 how do you think about the things that you're gonna sidestep into or move forward to towards when i was younger my one goal was that i want to work abroad 
that was kind of like, it, it didn't matter what, what the job was, but I want to be abroad. And uh, luckily when I joined Nokia, I kind of like uh, knew that that could be a great opportunity or great employer for going abroad at yeah. some point of time. And and I raised my voice and and I had a great superior there, Kirsi Komi, who then heard it and, and uh, after some time offered me a... Uh, transfer to Munich, Germany. And we went there for three years. And, uh, you know, after that, I was like, okay, so now this was, this was my goal that I work abroad. But, um, but then thereafter, uh, I haven't had a similar type of thing. It's been more that let's learn new things. Let's see, you know, where I can, I can bring value, where I can also obviously improve myself. So uh, it's been more fluffy, I would say so. You've mentioned learning several times already uh, and and how that's also uh, like always been really important for you. What's your approach to it? Do you do you do it consciously or is it something that like just happens as a result of you taking bold moves or, or how do you approach it? More the latter. So uh, it's not a kind of like a, again, systematic way of learning. It's more to some extent learning by doing different things. I do read, or actually I listen quite a lot of books, but uh, and they vary from educational stuff to very light reading as well. But um, like I said, it's not systematic. It's more more about you know what excites you. You 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 get into those things and you start learning. Like hydrogen was or green hydrogen was something that or power to X that I um, basically didn't have a clue when these things were first mentioned to me in summer 2020. But then when I started digging into it, I, I felt that, hey, this is actually, there is something. I mean, if we're going to want to achieve those ambitious climate targets that we have, we need to have different solutions. And green hydrogen can be one of the solutions. And more I read and understood about it, I felt that, okay, actually, we do need this. This is this. It's not only that it could be one of the solutions, it must be one of the solutions. And that's how I ended up in the company. Are you familiar with the, with the phrase, fake it till you make it? <laughs> yes, yes. Do, do you see yourself <laughs> doing, doing that? Well, I mean, I guess we, we all uh, have our own learning curves. And to some extent, you have to... Um, kind of like uh, keep doing those things that 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 you know and then there is a bunch of other things that you don't necessarily know yet but I don't think that there is a uh, issue by saying that okay this part I don't understand and uh, if uh, you know some of our uh, partners or, or people that we've been talking to during the Power to X uh, time uh, listens to this, they they know that I even said say in the beginning of the meetings that, hey, I didn't know anything about hydrogen when I joined the company. Yeah. So it's not a secret. So in that sense, I wouldn't say that fake it until you make it because you can be very honest about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think... I think one of the ways ways that I think about the term, I actually like the fake it till you make it quite quite a lot. And and one of the things that I like about it, it's it's one way of uh, for you to learn when you just start being confident in something, stating things out loud, and then actually smarter people than you will tell you when you're wrong, and they will make sure that you will learn. <laughs> Th that's true as well, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yep. If, if obviously, you can go completely overboard with uh, with the fake it till you make it with uh, with Terranos and so on. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, if you don't need to take it that far, <laughs> uh, wouldn't advise that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. What are your methods for staying sane and getting things done? 
For me, sports is very important, and I think that that is one of the one of the things that has uh, kept me going. Um, it is so relieving to go for a long run and let your brain just kind of like let the wind go around and and swipe everything off for for a moment. But of course, then you know there are other things as well. Family, friends are extremely important. It's it's very important to find time for for friends as well. Obviously, family is uh, family is there, but still you need to find a little bit time for them as as well. But that's to some extent easier because you know you share you the same them, house yeah. and <laughs> exactly the yeah. so friends are a bit different. Um, and then you know, older you get, sleep. Mm-hmm. Tends to be extremely important. Uh, I very seldom compromise on on my sleeps. Yeah, and and I I'm not sure if that has anything to do with age, even because I I actually remember that at some point when I was in the university studying and and I just for some reason I just slept like six hours at uh, a night or something, and I just for for a longer period of time, for, I mean for months, I was like, why am I feeling this bad all the time? And then at some point, I started sleeping a little more, and I was like. Wow, that fixed it. <laughs> Lights came on. <laughs> yeah, yep. and it was just like I'm. I'm kind of happy that I that I kind of saw that so early that in in the university yeah. that like how huge an impact sleeping well had on like my general well being throughout the day. It it does, and and you are probably right. It doesn't have uh, necessarily anything to do with age, but uh, and for me, I'm unfortunately one of those persons that uh, does not survive with, you know, four or five or even six hours, I rather... No one really does. (laughs) (laughs) The people who say that they're lying. (laughs) Yeah, that could be the case. So I'm more like eight or nine if I can choose myself. But uh, of course, you don't get always that. But I tend to kind of like uh, uh, put some effort that the sleep is there. Yeah. yeah. So you've had several roles, executive level roles in in different companies what are some of the lessons that you've learned across all these different roles i think the first very first lesson that i i learned as a as a kind of like being a team lead was that the the team lead is there actually for the team and not the other way around so uh it's your duty as a team lead, lead to make sure that uh the team members have what they need to do their job. There are no, you know, obstacles in their way. And uh, and otherwise it's, uh, how would I say, more or less, uh, yeah, you're a servant to the team. You, you remove the obstacles so that they can succeed. And of course, I mean, if they succeed, then you will get part of that as well. But this is how I see it. It works. But of course, there are many other things as well. You know, as a as a superior or a team lead or executive, however you want to describe it, it's um, very much about building an environment where everybody feels safe, that there is trust between uh, each other, uh, as well as uh, being able to, you know, hear people. We many times say that... Uh, that listening is very important and I kind of like take it one step forward. Hearing is also very important. It's not passive. Listening is a little bit of a, like a passive word. So hearing is more active for me. And I, I feel that when you hear, you actually take action based on that. And then, of course, empowering people. That's very one of the key key things that, first of all, you can't do everything by yourself. So it's it's even stupid to think about it like that and making sure that that you don't Get stuck with a with a situation where you're not able to delegate to people is is uh, extremely important. 
And you, you mentioned the, the importance of having trust in the company and having an environment with a lot of trust. What are your tips on how to create such an environment? What can you as a leader concretely do to create that environment? Uh, I think openness is one of the, the key things that you're available for the people. You are very open with matters, even with tough ones, so that you explain them to people. And uh, also the fact that you as a leader, you are you. So you're not pretending to be somebody else, because I believe that if you keep on acting and trying to be something else than you are, people will see it at some point of time. And that's not very good starting point for the trust. So be yourself is maybe one of the things that I would highlight as well. Yeah, kind of obvious, but it's still so easy to go into like this, start like playing this role that this is what an executive should be like, or this is someone in this role like should behave like this. And of course, there are things that you probably should do in certain roles, but but in, in general, mostly you can still do them while being you. Yeah. And I mean, of course, one of the key things is as well being fair. I mean, and you keep your promises and others will keep their promises. It's goes vice versa. Talking about trust, I think this is the simplest ways to create trust. It's simply like keep the promises you make. Exactly. <laughs> it's so simple. And it's actually... I think the the important part there is that you also need to understand that like if you make a promise you have to keep it so don't make promises that you're not going to keep just yes. like make make smaller promises or say that I can't do this or say that I don't know whether I'm going to be able to do this but I'm going to give it my best for example Exactly. No. Exactly. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, please share it on social media. Until next time.